0: Gen here to talk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Gen Z Talks. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, hey, I'm Virdaus. Thank you so much for playing the episode. Before telling you what I will be covering today, I want to thank you again for the immense support I keep receiving. It hasn't been even a month since I started this project, but a lot of people have listened to it already, and it's mind-blowing. In fact, while I'm recording this, today is February 21st, the podcast has over 347 followers and 428 starts. That is amazing, and it couldn't be possible without you guys, so thank you. And thanks to everyone who reached out to me to come as a guest in the next episode. I love the idea that listeners can actually take part in this little project. And finally, thank you for voting on my story on Instagram and choosing this week's episode. I also love to interact with you guys on social media. It's just amazing. Also, I want to apologize for last week's episode, Bad Audio Quality. I realized that when I film with a guest using the app Anchor, my part of the audio sounds really bad, so I have to figure that out. (laughs) And yeah, so today I will be talking about the representation of Muslim women or Muslimas in books, TV shows and movies, And I'm only 17, and I know I'm not the brightest in this room, but I've come to the conclusion that we are not really loved by writers and screenwriters. I've only seen literally one show that is faithful to our lifestyle, Scam. And I've watched Scam Spain, Scam the original one, Scam Germany, Scam France, Scam Italy, (laughs) and... A bit more, I don't remember all of them, but I've watched them, and let me tell you, I love it so much. They talk about us like we are normal teenagers, I never thought that was even possible. And the best part the Muslim character falls in love and doesn't take off the hijab. I mean, can you believe that? <laughs> and for books, I have mixed feelings. You know that I'm obsessed with reading. But sometimes I get really pissed. I'll talk about specific titles throughout the episode but yeah, I love seeing muslimas in young adult novels but they are not that accurate either, even when the author is Muslim. By the way, it feels weird to be talking all alone here, (laughs) this is really out of my comfort zone since I'm not having a real conversation with anyone. But Anyway, back to business. (laughs) But yeah, I want to discuss some of the stereotypes I almost always find in movies, shows, books and try to explain their origin and my viewpoint. So let's just start. The most common one, it's the taking off the hijab because I'm forced to wear it. (laughs) And guys, when I tell you there's not a single movie or serious, besides scam, I've watched it, where the Muslim character doesn't think about taking off the hijab, I'm not exaggerating. Like, aren't screenwriters tired of this brawn? It's just so overused and it hurts my lovely eyes. <laughs> just, Could you imagine just watching a movie over and over and over again? And if that's already painful, add to it any what pot cliche Like, you'll definitely want to take your eyes off. It's just exhausting. And the worst part, the girl is always depressed with the I hate my life attitude. Like, girl, talk to a therapist. I don't know. <laughs> it just makes me angry to see that we're represented like these poor things that need to be saved from their own lives. I need to be saved from school stress, (laughs) Not not from myself. And this comes from the BS idea that Muslim women are forced to wear the hijab because some random person didn't know how to read the Quran correctly. Yes, in Islam, we are told to cover ourselves. I'm not denying that. But that doesn't mean you can force anyone to do anything. Okay, so let's break this down. In the Quran, chapter 24, verse 31, God says, And tell the believing women to lower their gaze and guard their chastity, and not to reveal their their adornments except what normally appears. Let them draw their veils over their chest, and it continues. But pay attention to this. The Quran also states that there is no compulsion in acceptance of the religion, meaning that Yes, there are rules in Islam, but no one can ever tell you to do something. You can't just force someone to believe in something. It literally just makes no sense. Religion has to come and faith has to come from inside a person, not because someone told you to believe something. Because if now someone came to me and told me the earth is flat, I seriously don't care if they believe that, but they can't force me to believe that as well. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but basically, yeah, you can't force anyone to do anything, even wearing the hijab. So the idea that we're oppressed for wearing a headscarf is so wrong in every angle you look at it. And yes, there are women who don't have a choice to do so, and I support them 100% because it... It's wrong, (laughs) but how this has something to do with Islam. Christianity condemns rape and there are Christians who rape, but I'm not going to say, oh, all Christians are rapists because it's just dumb, you know, don't associate bad actions with the whole religion. It just, no, it doesn't make sense again. So yeah, moral of the story stop using the plotline. It's not the originals and Muslims are tired of seeing it. Be creative. <laughs> and this leads me to the second overused storyline. Muslim parents are strict and old fashioned. Normally what I see is that Muslim parents who are always Arab or Desi or South Asians, <laughs> because it seems that there are no white. No black or nor, not East Asian Muslims. It's, again, another dumb thing. And yeah, they are really hard on their children. They are always angry and want to make their child's lives a living hell. Obviously, there are cases, but I'm not going to focus on that. So, sometimes I keep thinking about where the stereotypes came from, and I actually have no idea, but I do have created a theory I'm confident about. So, I found two main points. First, we have that the majority of parents are immigrants. They have left everything behind and came to a new country with a whole different culture and language. They literally had to start their lives all over again, and most likely have no family in the place they immigrated to. That being said, this can cause a lot of anxiety, overthinking, and a lot more. <laughs> so the second reason would be fear. When they have children, and I've seen this in my parents as well, and um, diff- like other parents around me, they become like the children become the only ones related to them that are close to them. And that comes with the fear that something may happen to them. I hope that makes sense, because I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, and quick note. Everything I say here is my opinion, and I don't expect to everyone to understand it or agree with me. I'm just here to inform. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, the overprotective part comes from the fear of something bad happening to the family. And this can manifest in, for example, not letting them stay overnight at someone's home or have a limited curfew or I don't know a bunch of old things. Personally I have never had restrictions at home mostly because I don't like going out too much. I prefer going to a friend's house or something so my parents never actually gave me a curfew or anything. But yeah I do understand parents who do that and Again, I'm not saying they are right, because I don't think so, just that I get where they're coming from. But we don't actually want this to be represented in the media or novels, because it just gives us a bad image, you know. Our parents are a lot more than this. My mom, for example, is a millennial, and I love talking to her about everything. Sure, she does lecture me every now and then, but she's like any other mom, like it's completely normal. And I have a great relationship with my dad. He's really open-minded and the autonomy and trust they have given me are unbelievable. Again, they are not perfect, but it's just not because they are Muslim, it's because they are humans. Also, what's the deal with making Muslim parents look uneducated? Most of our fathers and mothers had an education both in our home country and the host country and making them not speaking properly in the foreign language of the country they live in. You know what? how hard it is to learn a new language? You probably never heard anything about it and it's not shameful to have an accent or not knowing to use proper grammar. Why? Why are we... Making it something bad, you know? This shameful thing is, in my opinion, to laugh at people who don't speak your language correctly when you don't do it yourself. And while we're talking about parents and their education, why is the mom always a housewife? I see this as another misconception with Islam and Arab slash South Asian culture. I'll put my experience with the subject as an example again. So, my mom was a nurse before she had me. When she got married, she decided to stop and be her housewife because my father had enough money to support the family and give her money for herself, like personal money. Because in Islam, we have that, like, the father or the husband is the one who has to work. The woman can work, we don't have that about, like, no, you shouldn't work because you're a woman. No, you can work if you want, but the money that comes to the family... Okay, let me explain it this better because it doesn't make a lot of sense. So yeah, say for example, my mom kept working as a nurse while my father kept working as well. So the money my father brings is everyone's money and the money my mom brings home is her money she doesn't have to give anything to my father or the family in general you know okay she can do it you know I'm not saying that that money shouldn't be spent on like helping the family or anything but she doesn't have to like if she wants yeah go ahead those are good deeds you know but if she doesn't that is not a sin that is not anything bad in Islam You know, I hope I made it a bit clear. (laughs) But yeah, as I was saying, leaving her like her work was her decision, not her husband's or father's. This didn't mean that my father didn't do anything at home. For example, now he does all the work because my mom has chronic illnesses and most of the time is a bit overwhelming for her to do anything that requires a lot of effort. But yeah. It's not obligatory to do housework either if she doesn't want to in Islam I mean no one can force her to do otherwise and if the husband would like to ha- like someone to clean the house for him he should bring another person for it you know now culturally there is this unwritten rule that women must dedicate their days to clean and cook and serve the husband and whatever. But that, again, has nothing to do with Islam. Like, absolutely nothing. Anyhow, enough talking about parents because I would never stop. (laughs) But something similar that comes to my mind is how in books and movies, they're always ashamed of their daughter and want to marry her ASAP. And let's break this down again. So what I always see is a family of four, a father with anger issues who hates even to breathe, a mother who can't stop crying for some reason because of all the problems that keep coming to her family, a toxic brother whose body count is higher than the Eiffel Tower, but he is still the cute baby in the eyes of his parents, and the burger who shares only one thing with her family, they are both ashamed of each other. I've talked about the father and the mother. So before getting into the arranged marriage topic, let's focus a bit on the brother and the toxic relationship with the sister. Um, I'm going to create a little story and I have to name this brother something. So yeah, because I want to show you how absurd his character is in every single story. So for now we will call him Bilal. Uh, Bilal is a year older than the main character, let's call her, I don't know, Yasmin. By the way, why? He's always one year older than her. Like, always? So, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Bilal likes to call himself Billy, since he doesn't like to say he's Arab unless it's to flirt with someone. Then he'll keep telling you the only word he didn't refuse to learn. Habibti, which means love. I mean, like, hey love, you know, or hey babe. (laughs) And as mentioned, Billy has lost his virginity and he also has a drinking problem. Oh, and he's thinking about getting a tattoo soon. Meanwhile, we have Yasmin, a straight-A student with zero social life and her only friend is a classmate she sees in the library every now and then. She's really shy and weird and she doesn't have any idea how to wear clothes, especially how to wrap her hijab. Yasmin starts to have non-Muslim white friends and one day she decided to sneak out of her home at 6.30. Her curfew is probably around 5 and I don't know why, because I never had a curfew and she goes to the mall. There she finds Billy with his Harami girlfriend of the week. Harami or Haram means not permissible in Islam, by the way. (laughs) So yeah, Billy, as the toxic, jealous teenager with no sense of logic that he is, when he sees Yasmin with the group of friends where there is a boy, he goes crazy and tells their father if he saw Yasmin doing the nasty in public. Now, I don't know about you, but this really sounds unbelievable and shouldn't even be something else than a short what but story. Yes, we have brothers. Yes, they are annoying, but they are brothers. Like, and it's the most normal thing in every household. It's not something muslim or something, I don't know. <laughs> and screenwriters and writers in general tend to exaggerate everything. I get that, and obviously, if they didn't do it, the movie would be extremely boring. But you can exaggerate other aspects of a character's life. I don't know, just things normally. Like when you see a movie where the main character is a white person, you exaggerate things like, I don't know, her being or throwing tantrums every two seconds, you know? So do that. Don't exaggerate like, the toxic family because it's not true. Moving on, (laughs) because I'm getting a bit pissed. And yeah, our little story. As I was saying, what I have seen is that when something bad happens to a girl, the response is always to marry her. It could be as silly as what I mentioned: seeing her talking with a boy. My parents never sent me to marry me, and I don't know anyone who did that to their daughters. And you know why? Because it's haram, it's not permissible. This is also confused with arranged marriages, which is not an Islamic practice, but something cultural. Another thing, forced and arranged are not the same. I repeat, forced and arranged are not the same. I personally don't like arranged marriages and I would never get one, like never, ever, ever. This is a personal choice and I respect anyone who thinks otherwise, but it's just not for me. But yeah, we are not forced to marry anyone and it's just annoying to see that everywhere. It's like everyone who's not a Muslimah is talking our behalf. It's just so frustrating. Another topic related to this is relationships, both friendships and romantic relationships, aka the white boy. <laughs> Let's first talk about friendships because I have a lot to say about the white boy. So what we see is that she doesn't even have any friend. Her life it consists of going to school and back home. She lives like in a bubble. Yeah, basically it's that. It's a bubble. She doesn't go out anywhere. And I don't go out anywhere, but because I have a reason. I'm just too comfortable at home. And with COVID and everything, it just, it makes it so easy i'm just too lazy to go out to people but that doesn't have anything to do with islam please (laughs) but yeah if she does have a friend that is always a character who wants her to keep having a miserable life who doesn't wish her any good and always laughs at her with their actual friend You know, and I don't know, I think I've seen this in, I think it was a movie or a short story. I don't know, I truly don't remember. But it's basically this semi-popular girl who goes with the hijabi girl to just, I don't know, like to learn more about her and make fun of her. But yeah, this is so bad for a lot of reasons. And I'm repeating myself a lot when I say, We are not like this, so I'm gonna let that out of the discussion. But yeah, what it causes is to people to have no idea about how Muslim women live and directly assume that we either can't have friends because of our parents or they can only be Muslim friends, you know, which is wrong. Essentially, it just fuels Islamophobia and the alienation of Muslims. And I actually had a similar experience with this. I don't remember if I talked about this in the first episode, internalized misogyny. By the way, if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. But yeah, so when I started wearing the hijab back in 2016, it's going to be five years this September and I'm so excited about it. But yeah, I never thought wearing the hijab would make me lose quote, unquote, friends. And the first day I went to school with my hijab on, I received so many subtle Islamophobic comments, both from teachers and classmates. They weren't a big deal back then, but now when I think about it, it, I literally want to cry. I remember a lot of teachers asking me things like, if this was my choice or if my parents made me do it. And yeah, it's just too so bad. Also, a girl who was one class ahead of me with whom I barely talked came to me one day and out of the blue started getting angry at screaming at me how oppressed I was, how this wasn't actually my choice. And she started telling me th- dumb things about feminism and whatever and I'm a feminist and I don't consider her and I don't consider it that scene what happened something feminist because it just no but yeah I felt so powerless for not picking up and because I was betrayed by my quote-unquote friends for not having like because they didn't have my back And I really think that all this could be so different for other girls if we started to have a good representation and to have actual friends. We are not lonely wolves. (laughs) And for the love of God, we don't need a white man to save us. As I said before, Muslim women are portrayed most of the time as fragile, quiet and weird. When they are teenagers in high school, they have the role of the girl who sits at the back of the class with her head down and trying to disappear from the world. And here is where usually the boy says hi, falls in love with the Muslim girl, and she takes off her hijab, Mm, end of the story, and ahem, ahem, Nadia and Guzman, ahem, ahem. In Islam, we're not supposed to date until we're serious about getting married. But I'm not going to say that Muslims don't date in reality. Both Muslim men and Muslim women do it. Hijabis too. So if you would like to represent that, I'm not saying don't do it or anything. But why the taking off the hijab part? And why does it always have something to do with a white man? The glow up doesn't have to come when dating someone. It's not an early 2000s movies, Or it shouldn't be. I don't know, it's just that I'm tired of being happy to see a new book, show, movie, short film, or anything related to literature and th- cinematography that shows a Muslim woman character and then filling her with stereotype like she's a turkey on Thanksgiving. Like, no, thank you, I don't want that, and if that's the only idea you have, please don't represent me, I don't want to see myself anymore, anywhere. <laughs> And yes, of course, we fall in love. Just because we're Muslim or wear a hijab doesn't mean that we don't have feelings anymore. We're not perfect either. So a lot of the time we don't follow the rules. So yeah, create a love story, but let it be different. Let it be between two Muslims. Let it be mm, between two people of color. Let it get out of the same pattern, you know? And... I don't want to see the script white boyfriend anymore. Not because I wouldn't have a white partner or something, but it's like the forced hijab. Of course, there are cases where you will find this type of love, but there are a lot more interesting stories to tell. So, I have talked about all the stereotypes that I can remember, but of course, there are a lot more. Oh well, I forgot to add one thing. Can we make the actress wear the hijab correctly for god's sake why do they even wrap it like that they use grandma's hijab styles and even my grandma doesn't wear the hijab like nadia for example does it looks awful and it's just too embarrassing to look at but yeah now i'm done with the stereotypes (laughs) so i want to move on what I would like to see more in novels and audiovisual productions. First of all, I want to see us portrayed as normal human beings. With this, I mean that we have strengths and weaknesses and an unusual life. Make us good-hearted people, kind and all that, but maybe put some impulsiveness and let us take stupid decisions, you know, like... Other people. (laughs) We're not always responsible or super organized or even mature. We are teenagers or at most young adults. The only thing we are required to do is to survive. That's it. Like change everything else. And about the flaws make them normal too let it be to be forgetful or even too nice not weird things like not knowing how to talk to people because we don't communicate with others and another really good thing i wish i could see more is portraying our real struggles like racism islamophobia mm, sexism and exclusion like representing how that is not okay but at the same time Letting us speak for ourselves, not to someone else, and especially not a white boy, come and defend us, because we don't need that. Also, not surrounding them around our hijab, or faith, you know, I mean the struggles. <laughs> it's just a part of us, not the whole picture, so focus on other things, I don't know. Oh, and one thing that I never ever seen is our relationship with God. Like, we're Muslims, why doesn't the girl even pray or something? I have some really awesome and vulnerable moments with God, and I'm pretty sure every Muslim does, so why not showing that too? Just scenes like the girl opening up to God, making du'a, du'a is mm, praying slash asking for things to God, you know, I don't know, and things like that. It would be beautiful to see, and the best part is that it would normalize our faith. And two last things I have. One, include more people of color, both Muslims and non-Muslims, more religions and more sexual orientations as secondary characters, like friends, neighbors, co-workers, and for movies, listen to this closely, hire actual muslims the same way it wouldn't make any sense to hire an asian person to play the role of a native american don't normalize using a non-muslim or non-hijabi to play roles of muslims or hijabis i don't know just a thought (laughs) And now, before closing up the episode as the bookworm that I am, I want to talk about the novels I read about Muslim girls and tell you a bit about how they did and what I liked about them, what I didn't like and all that. So, first we have Love from A to Z by S.K. Ali. This book is just too amazing. Literally, my favorite romance Muslim book. Guys, it literally includes everything I told you I wished a novel or movie had. The story includes a halal love story between two Muslims. It talks about racism and Islamophobia. And wait for it. There is an immaculate relationship between the protagonist and her parents. The only thing is that I wish it was longer or had a second part of something, but in general, it was amazing. From the same author, we have Saints and Misfits. I'm not gonna lie about this one. Mm, it's not for everyone. Don't get me wrong, I did like it and I can't wait to read the second part next May. But the main character was just a bit childish for me. Nonetheless, she grows throughout the story, which is great and I think she'll be a lot more down to earth in the next book, or I hope so. (laughs) Also, I don't think some of the topics can be truly understood by non-Muslims, not because they are hard to explain or not explained well or anything, but they they can easily be misinterpreted misinterpreted <laughs> if not looked at from a non-judgmental perspective. But yeah, go read it and tell me what do you think about it. Then we have A Very Large Expanse of the Sea by Tahereh Mafi. Um, I I have also <laughs> mixed feelings about this one. It basically happens one year after 9-11, so that is already an oof, really... And in general, it's a bit depressing. It has some of the stereotypes we discussed before, like the white boyfriend. So again, that's a bit, oof, really... (laughs) Um, But yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was the first book I read that represented a Muslim teenager. So it was quite fun. Another one you should add to the list is The Beauty of Your Face by Sahar Mustafa. This one is a bit sad and I cried too. But it's a really heartwarming story. It's a coming of a story that talks all things immigration, poverty, love, confidence, fighting faith and other tough topics <laughs> so yeah it's really well written and oh gosh just thinking about it makes me want to hug Sahad for writing something so incredible i read it when i was going through a tough time myself and it helped me in a lot of ways so definitely read it and finally we have all american muslim girl by nadine jolly courtney first of all Warning, it has a love story between a white boy and a Muslim girl. And I never thought I would say this, but I loved the relationship. (laughs) At first, I was like, oh, well, just another white boy falls in love with the Muslim girl, but not typical at all and really worth the read. Mm, It also talks about finding faith, even though being born Muslim. And yeah, it just it's interesting. (laughs) And yeah. Wow, I felt like I've been talking for hours, but this episode is quite short compared to the last one. I'm still experimenting with the timing and other things, but I'm starting to figure everything out, so be patient. <laughs> also, please tell me if you liked this solo episode or if you prefer when I have conversations with someone else. Believe it or not, it's a bit more work to organize a solo episode, but I think I enjoy it because I have everything structured and I'm not afraid to say some silly thing, you know, but I don't know, you tell me and yeah, that would be it for today. (laughs) Thank you again for listening and for all the support. I appreciate every single one of you. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. I love TikTok, by the way, I'm obsessed with it now. (laughs) The handle is at GenZTalkSpot.com. P-O-D, and follow my personal account, Firdaus Alawi, with two eyes at the end. I love you, thank you for listening, and see you next week. Bye!